All right, First Thessalonians. You got a Bible? I encourage you to look in there. First Thessalonians, chapter five. Do something a little bit, a little bit of a departure from Luke. But I've been, uh, I don't know, I just felt like I've been hard on people the last two weeks. So try to be nice today. We're going to talk about gratitude, being, being thankful, being thankful. And uh, anyhow, this is, this is something that is God's will for people. And I think as you, you'll, you'll understand why it is, why it's, why it's a superior attitude to have be grateful then as opposed to being ungrateful uh anybody has anybody watched or read the jungle book y'all know the jungle book all right the the author of that book rudyard kipling so it said was asked of all of your valuable words what is what is the most valuable word you've ever written? And he said, "Thanks, thanks." That is uh, that I say that because it goes with what we're talking about. But it's it is true. It's it's really true about gratitude. In First Thessalonians chapter five, verse verse eighteen. Simply says this. This is just a shotgun uh, series of, of instruction that Paul gives to the Thessalonians. He says, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." That several years ago, that really, that really made an impact on the way I think about Christianity. In that, you know, I felt like for a long time you just search for what's the will of God what does God want and sometimes we make that so specific I don't know maybe you don't have this problem but um, I I have this and I think other people do too but you understand that a lot of the you know life and answers and things have to come from something higher than you and that's just a general statement you know, I find that in me, I have controversy when I try to do something good. There's problems in me. I need something, some, someone, put it this way, someone that is, that is higher than me to give me instruction and help me. And so that, that said, finding the will of God, this, was a, this struck me as one of the easiest statements about the will of God. If, if I'm looking for God's will, here's a statement that in everything give thanks this is the will of God. This is, this is what he's looking for. He's trying to create grateful people. He's not trying to create judgmental people, critical people. He's trying to create grateful people in Jesus Christ. Not just generally grateful people, but grateful first of all because of Jesus Christ and so that said give me give you a few points on this or just a few thoughts about gratitude and thanksgiving and I mean there's there's so many verses in the Bible that deal with this 
But let me just deal with it as a, as a first of all, just a mentality, just a, just an attitude about life. And uh, there was a, a study done, and you guys will know immediately what the outcome of the study is when I tell you what they did. Um, I think it was at Emory University. And there was a group of people that were told to write down everything that is good or things that are good for, for like a two-week time period. Write down things that are good in your life. Another group of people were told, write down things that are wrong with your life for two weeks. Just make a list of all the things going wrong. Other group, make a list of all the things that are right. And you, you can already tell me what the outcome of people's mentality is at the end of that. At the end of two weeks, when they're asked, how do you feel about your life? Well, you can guess how the ones that wrote down things that were bad about their life felt. They felt horrible about their life. And then the other ones that wrote down only good things, they felt pretty good about their lives. And I mean, that, that, that's kind of a predictable thing, but uh, uh, it just shows you the value, at least one of the, one of the ways in which gratitude is a superior, it's just a superior mindset. It's a superior thing. It's why God wants to create this type of people. He wants to create grateful people. Um, there's another thing that uh, I was reading about, just again, the general idea that gratitude makes life better. It just makes life better. Um, there was, I think it was published in the American Psychological Journal, something like that. But there were three basic ideas about, about gratitude and what it does. And you can say, you know, psychology, this, that, whatever. The points that they made are correct. First of all, gratitude serves as this, they'd say, it serves as this, like a moral, they called it a moral barometer. And it's, it's this response to the perception. You understand, if you're a grateful person, you understand you've been the beneficiary of someone else's goodwill. And that's, that's good to understand, to understand that you've been the recipient of someone else's goodwill toward you. Now, that's, that's preferable to not recognizing that, where you're, you're the beneficiary of someone else's goodwill and you don't recognize it. You don't understand it. Or you don't think about it. You don't, rec- you don't, you don't uh, uh, ponder that. You don't think about those things. So they said it, it, it has this function as this, it's, it, it's an indicator of, of someone's ability to, to respond and understand that they've been the beneficiary. And I say that because in, it seems like in this popular culture, being a, being a, obviously being a victim is like the thing that, that gives you moral standing. But that's not really what gives you moral standing. That's not a, that's not, that's not a, and, and I don't want to make light of people have suffered very bad things, but some people who haven't suffered want to still be considered victims of things. 
And so this is, this is, uh, this mentality, if it just, it is, in a lot of ways, contrary to what God is trying to create. He's trying to create generous, good, grateful people. And, I, you know, I, I made this, I understand it's kind of a sweeping statement about these things, but the, that, that mentality of, of victimhood is not recognizing sometimes where you've been the beneficiary of someone else's goodwill. You've actually benefited from someone trying to help you. Um, there was another thing that they said about this. It serves as a moral motive. For instance, if I am grateful to you for what you've done, you in turn will probably want to do more of those things. It's better, to, you know, more blessed to give than to receive, things like that. So if I am grateful, that gratitude in turn motivates people to want to do more of that kind of thing. And it's a good thing. If people are generally grateful, I mean, if someone comes up to you and you have, I don't know, given them money or help in some way, helped them move, helped them through some situation and you guys come together and they see you again and they just give you a big hug if you're into hugs and they just thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You know what that does to you? It makes you want to do more of that. I want to be a help to people like that. And so gratitude is good in that sense. It recognizes that you're the beneficiary of someone else's goodwill. It motivates you to want to do more of the good thing that's been done. And it also, it encourages, it, it's, uh, it encourages that behavior in, in the future. It's, uh, uh, um, they called it a, a reinforcement. It's reinforcement of that behavior. And generally the idea is it's good to be grateful. It's good to be thankful. It's good to recognize when you've been the beneficiary of somebody's, somebody's goodwill. It's, it, it's good to say thank you when it's appropriate and you've benefited. It's, and it's, and it, it helps you. It's encouraging when you hear that. So it provides some sort of, it's, it's some moral reinforcement. But unfortunately, in this, the way the Lord describes culture in any nation, really, as, as culture sort of declines and, you know, I, I, I guess just becomes, you could just say, more ungodly. Um, one of the things that's said about the culture of a nation is that it becomes less grateful. There is this, this uh, uh, Paul describes it in Romans, and he says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. And so what happens in, in that process, they're not grateful for these things. And so they don't recognize that they are the beneficiaries. And so the, the Bible talks about God gives them over to these things. And he just starts letting, letting disaster after disaster happen and the culture to continually decline. Um, when Paul writes to Timothy about a congregation that Timothy is supposed to oversee and set in order, 
He says, you know, as, as time goes on, men are be- going to become lovers of themselves. And they're going to just serve their own purposes. And one of the things he says about them is they're going to be ungrateful. They're not, they're, not, they're not going to recognize how they're benefiting from other people or how other people are helping them. They don't recognize that. So, unfortunately, there's, there's good ways to illustrate gratitude, but they're sometimes negative things. In the Bible, they are, there's moral degradation that's, uh, that is applied to this, um, this ungratefulness. There is just a general decline of the culture. You know, if you can be grateful, if you can, ju- if you can just be grateful, you'll feel better. You'll feel better. It'll help some of it. I mean, I'm not going to say it's the it's the end all solution to everything, but I guarantee you, thinking about things that you should be grateful for is probably better than thinking about things you should be worried about. In fact, this is what Paul says. He says, "Be careful for nothing. Everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Do that with thanksgiving." And then he says, "And the peace of God." that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. And so it's, it, those two things go together. The gratitude, the peace of God, the, the upholding of, of moral values and things like that. That's a general idea about gratitude. And the, it just shows it's just a superior, it's just really a superior uh, attitude, gratitude, attitude, things. it's just a superior attitude. But God's not just trying to make people grateful in general. He doesn't just want people to be grateful in general. He's trying to create specifically people who are grateful because of what Jesus Christ has done for them. And so that said, that said, you read this verse one more time, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So what is what does it do? What does gratitude do in Christ Jesus? One of the things gratitude does in God's economy is it brings God's blessing. It is something that encourages and and brings God's God's blessing in a way that other things may not. Um, I, there's so many verses again. There's just so much in the Old Testament about some of these things. It talks about entering His courts with thanksgiving, with praise. That's a psalm. All through the Psalms, it's, it's thanksgiving and thanksgiving and thanksgiving and thanksgiving. When it's not depression, 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 it's thanksgiving, 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 thanksgiving. And uh, uh, it's like it's like thanksgiving is the it's the open hand that allows God to put something else in it. It's, it is the, the, the opportunity that God has now to work even more. A couple of instances, you don't have to look at these in your Bible, but I thought they're interesting in the Old Testament, just showing you some of these themes just run all the way through the Bible. But there was, in, in Israel, there's a king... Jehoshaphat, and he is being threatened by these enemies, being threatened by, I think it's Babylon at this time, and Assyria. But he's being threatened by these outside enemies. They're, they want to make war. They want to come to Jerusalem, destroy Jerusalem, and all that. And so in Second Chronicles, one of the things that he does is, instead of sending out 
military forces, some of the prophets say, they explain, send out, send out the choir, send out the singers, and he sends out the Levites, and they praise God. They just go out with their instruments, and they lead in the, in the army, they lead the charge, just playing their instruments and praising God and thanking God. And what happens in that particular situation is the armies that are antagonistic to Israel turn on themselves. It's just a wild thing that happens. But what it shows is, is that God honors this gratitude and this thanksgiving. So now it's invited the work of the Lord, and so now the Lord's going to protect the people that have, have come to Him. And so that's, that's the gains of victory in Second Chronicles. Uh, when Solomon builds the temple, one of the things he does when he builds the temple, he, he has this I don't, hours-long series of, of just giving thanks and, and gratitude to God and, uh, you know, their sacrifices and things. and uh, But it's just gratitude to God, thanksgiving, singing, all that kind of thing. And it says that the temple that was built, it just was filled with smoke. It says it was just filled with smoke and in the presence of God, so much so that the priest had to get out. They couldn't be in there. And the presence of God was just invited to this place. Why was the presence of God invited? Because people were grateful. People were thankful to God. And it invited God's presence and it invited God's work. And Jehoshaphat's life and Solomon's life, uh, this, the Lord just fills the temple because of the gratitude of the people. And so, I, I, you know, there's a long list of, of things you can uh, go through in the, in the Bible and probably in life. But Thanksgiving brings God's blessing. I'll give you maybe one more illustration about this. In John chapter chapter 6, you don't have to look at it, but that is where the Lord feeds 5,000 people. And He does it with just a few loaves and fishes. And so, when He gets the loaves and fishes, obviously the disciples are like, this is not going to work. This is just not going to There's so many people here, and we don't have enough food. And the Bible says the Lord... Jesus Christ gave thanks. And that, that's the, the words that are used. John chapter 6, He gave thanks. And then He started to disperse this food. And I noticed that the Bible didn't say after He performed a miracle on it, He started to disperse food. Or after He multiplied it, He started to disperse food. The Bible says that He did this after He gave thanks as though the thanksgiving was the opportunity now for the Father to multiply the food. And it says it twice. It doesn't just say it once. It says it at the beginning. And then it says, they did eat after He gave thanks. Not just like He said a prayer, but that He was genu genuinely grateful to the Father for the provision. And then the food goes out and everybody's fed. And not only everybody's fed, but... There's leftovers after all of this. And what I'm showing you, what I'm talking about is the fact that gratitude is like this opportunity. Because it's the will of God, it's the opportunity now for God to work in maybe a bigger way than He was working before. It's an opportunity. So Jesus Christ gives thanks. There's a couple other things. When Paul talks about 
eating food and dietary things and people who are equating dietary laws with spirituality. You know, you need to eat this on this day or don't eat this on this day. And Paul says, look, everything is, everything is sanctified by prayer and thanksgiving. It's, it's not what you're eating. It's the attitude you're eating it with. If you're grateful for it, it's good. If you're not grateful for it, it's not good. It may be a, a, a nice steak, but if you're not grateful, God's concerned with the attitude. And if you're not grateful, that's not good. But if you are grateful and it's a cup of water and some bread, that's good. That's, that is sanctified. He says, and he uses that word, every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused. And he says this, if it be, refu- if it be received with thanksgiving, it's sanctified by prayer and thanksgiving. So what does that mean? That it means that God's approval is on it. Not because of what it is, not because it's pork or not pork, but because it was received gratefully. This is what God's after. This is what Jesus Christ said when he, when he met the woman at the well. He's like, there's coming a day when you're gonna, nobody's going to worship in Jerusalem. You're going to have to worship God in spirit and in truth. In spirit, meaning that's, that's what he's concerned about, the attitude of the people. He's concerned about how you're going to receive this. Gratitude, it gives God the opportunity to work because it's the will of God. We just we talked about that. There's another thing I noticed in this situation and what Paul says, and I know you guys have probably heard the illustration before, but I'm gonna I'll use it again. But he says, in everything. In everything. That, that, that sounds like I mean I can think of situations, you can think of situations where you can probably think there's no reason to thank God in this. I don't have any, this is such a terrible thing. This is so bad. And granted, there are times where it's just, you know what, that's just a lot of fallout. It's just a lot of collateral damage. And you're just like, what, what are we supposed to do? Paul says, in everything. And I say that because Paul is talking to a group of people who a lot of them, the leadership, have been imprisoned for what they believe and what they're gathering for. They've been thrown in jail. So this isn't just an, an empty statement about, of, hey, just you know, be thankful. This isn't everything. Give thanks. Daniel did it in Babylon. But I remember a time in, in, in our life, in uh, our family's life, when it was when Bethany was born. And I've probably told you all this 10, 15 times, but for the sake of those of you who haven't heard it, I'll tell it again. But so when, when that's the beauty of being a pastor's kid, you just get to be the example. So <laughs> I try not to do that often. <laughs> when when Bethany was born, she's a twin, and her twin died at birth, and so it well actually it was before birth. You. I was on a rig, and I got a call from Mary Beth. I think it was, yeah, it was Mary Beth. She was in the hospital, early labor, a month early, and I was in Refurio on, I think, uh, I don't know, some little rig out there. 
and got a call. She went to the hospital. This is how strong she is. She drives herself to the hospital in labor. With, yeah, with, where's Ben? With Ben. Ben's like a year old at this time. Crazy. So she drives to the hospital, calls me, says, you know, she's in labor, and the doctors are going to do an emergency C-section. And so I'm at the rig. I tell the guys, look, I'm, I gotta go. I'm leaving. So I, I leave the rig. I hurried to the hospital in Corpus and the doctor had just seen Mary Beth like two days before, something like that. It was within a few days and he had said, there's nothing wrong. So I get to the hospital and he is, the doctor is just profusely apologizing. Like I had no idea. He said, I had no idea this was happening. I had no idea, no idea. And I'm just like, you know, okay, uh, here we are. So here we are. And uh, anyway, so they do this emergency C-section. Bethany is, it comes out. Sarah comes out. Sarah's dead. You know, when you, when you, when you have spent months preparing a room, and preparing beds for what you hope is ha- going to happen, it's a little disappointing to come home with not that. To come home with one child, and actually we didn't even come home with Bethany. She went immediately into the, the NICU, and uh, you know, Sarah, we got to see Sarah. That was nice. We get to see Sarah, and ended up having a little funeral in Corpus, or she was buried in this little shoebox looking coffin, small thing. Buried with my sister, who also died early. And, you know, you go through something like that a dead child, and you think, you know, in everything, give thanks? Really? Is that, is that what we're supposed to give thanks for this? But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, there actually are some things to be thankful for in this. There's actually a few things I can think to be thankful for. I knew, I knew where Sarah was. I knew I'd see her again. I knew that she was... One thing that was a comfort to me was she didn't have to suffer that much in this life. I mean, I know what it's like growing up in this world. Y'all do too. I, I, I actually envied her for a little bit. Just here and gone. No trouble. It reminded me of what Job said, you know, I, I wish I was stillborn. I wouldn't have seen all this trouble. But I got to thinking about some of those things. Her suffering was limited. Here's a, here's a soul that really never experienced this suffering. I know where she went. I know I'd see her again. We knew that she was in better hands. And when I thought about all of that, all of those positive things I could say because of what Jesus Christ has done. And so I remember this verse, and everything give thanks. And it really made sense. You can, you can, for every heartache, there's probably five or ten benefits to every heartache in Jesus Christ. 
in everything give thanks. When I thought about it, really the only real problem, you know, I had was the pain of separation, but everything else was kind of taken care of by the Lord. And not to say, you know, you, 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 you go through something like that and you sit on the back porch with your wife and you cry and you ask why. That happens. It happens. It's going to happen. But in everything, I could, I could really think of some things and some reasons why I could find some good in this. No, it wasn't a good thing, but there were some benefits. It wasn't a good thing that happened. So when Paul says, in everything give thanks, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He means that. In everything give thanks. You, you understand gratitude is just a better, it's just a better position to take in life. You understand that if this is God's will. This is, is, this is how He works. This is uh, something that that uh, presents sort of an open hand so he can, he can fill that hand and gives opportunity to the Lord. And then I thought about this, lastly, as gratitude is how I participate with God and what He's done. I remember a, a, a veteran talking about service, and he was actually, he said, he used this example about gratitude, and I thought it was really profound. But he said this, he said, you know, you would never tell, you would never tell the mother who lost her son in war that you deserved his sacrifice. You would never say anything like that. That, that would just, that, that's so out of bounds, you would never say anything like that. You never say, I'm glad he was there because I deserve that sacrifice. That is, that, that is some, as you understandably recognize, that is some presumption, some serious arrogance, presumption. But there is a sense in all of that where you want to participate with the sacrifice. I, I, I know I'm not worthy of the sacrifice. I know I'm not worthy of what Jesus Christ has done, but I want to participate in it somehow. I want to, I want to be a part of this. I want to, I want to uh, uh, be connected to it somehow. The way I'm connected to it is not, not by saying I deserve it. The way I'm connected to the sacrifice is by saying thank you. By being grateful for what's been done for me. Say thank you. This is how you participate in applying it to the Lord. This is how you participate with God. How, how do you say thank you then? It's interesting that you go to the Old Testament and uh, the Lord has these, these offerings. They're thanksgiving offerings. And all the offerings really, you know, they go to feed the priests and things like that. It's not just killing animals. It's, it's actually closer to a barbecue is what it is where people are being fed, things like that. But there was a, a series of offerings that were Thanksgiving offerings. And the outcome of these offerings, they're also called peace offerings. Where it's this, this gratitude and this expression of thanks. This is how we participate with God in this. 
And the reaction of the Lord is his presence, which brings peace. Which kind of reminds me of what Paul said. That by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. So that idea comes from something in the Old Testament that God set up with, with Israel. The law of, of the sacrifice of peace in Leviticus chapter 7, it was part of the Jews having the right attitude toward God. It's part of their voluntary appreciation for, for His direction and His guidance and, and His instruction. How do you say thank you? I mean, how do you, how do you participate with the sacrifice? You say thank you. And this is one of the ways they would say thank you. The other way, jump to the New Testament, and it's what we talked about in, in Sunday school, where Paul goes through in Romans and he explains for 11 chapters what Christianity is. And then at the end of 11 chapters, he says, all right, now that I've explained all this, I, I beg you, I beseech you, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, for this is your reasonable service. How do you say thank you? You present yourself to God. Not, not because He's tyrannical and, and any of that. Because He's done something that you benefit from. He's helped you. First of all, by taking away sins. In Jesus Christ, all sins are taken away. You're, there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And so you, the, the reasonable service of offering and presenting your body a, 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 a living sacrifice, that may not mean you, you, you're killed for your faith. That's not, and we covered some of that in Sunday school. But because God's done this, and you've benefited from it, and you want to participate in this somehow, you want to, you want to apply your will to this somehow, well, present your body a living sacrifice. How do you participate with God in the work He does? You say thank you. How do you say thank you? Present yourself to Him. This is how you say thank you. And so in general, just back to 1 Thessalonians, Paul says this is just a, in, in the shotgun spread of instruction. He says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is what God is trying to produce. A grateful people in Jesus Christ. So with that said, we'll wrap this up early this afternoon. As Sam comes and plays a little bit on the piano, I encourage you this morning, think about how you've benefited. Maybe first of all, think about how you've just benefited from other people in life. But then specifically, how you've benefited from the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in this life. And the next, in death, Jesus Christ beat death, showing you there's, there's life after death. There's eternal life. Think about those things. And this, this morning, I want to invite you to just be grateful. Just be grateful. Sam plays, you guys can bow your heads and think about some of these things.